everybody. It is the first Melissa Killily show of 2019. I'm your host, Melissa Killily, and we're live here in the Finger Lakes One TV studio. Super grateful for our producer today, Josh Dorso. And I'm here in the studio with a really special guest, and then we have a great interview to share with you as well. But before we do that, for those of you who don't know me, again, my name is Melissa Killily, and I often call myself a mompreneur. So I'm typically balancing the busyness of being mom and running a business, and in that order. That's what I love about it. Um, time to really devote to my son, Jack, who is two and a half, and then builds my career and life around that. So um, today's episode is really fun. This weekend uh, is the anniversary of the 2017 Women Marches all across the globe, um, especially here in the U.S. And um, here in Seneca Falls, because it's the birthplace of women's rights, we tend to gather a pretty incredible crowd of women and men supporting all of the unity principles that, um, that unite us, right? So talking about things like gender parity and stopping violence against women and all of the things that, um, that this town really represents. So on that note, I got to thinking about what really um, inspires me when it comes to our marches. And what inspires me is the theme that we have for this year, which is uh, redefining resistance, women in the lead. And what that means to us as organizers is women stepping out and taking office and taking leadership roles in their communities. So whether it's, you know, joining school boards or, you know, running for a local state or a national office, all of these things are so important and they shift the, the way that we are able to um, lead in the world. So in studio today is a wonderful woman that I had the pleasure of meeting a couple of months ago through a program that I'm currently enrolled in called Women Elect. So it is a leadership course that's designed to help women really kind of get a sense of what it's like to run for office, to be in office, and to be in the forefront in this arena. And her name is Aileen McNabb Coleman. She's a legislator for Cayuga County, which is our neighboring county here in the Finger Lakes. And I am really excited to have her in the studio today. Thank you so much for coming, Aileen. Thank you, Melissa. I'm very excited to be here. It's an amazing setup you have. Awesome, yes. We are so grateful for the Finger Lakes One studio. It's so fun. Great. Thanks, Jim. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's never bad to give him a shout out. Um, so, Aileen, tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Sure. Well, my name again is Aileen McNabb Coleman. I'm currently a Cuga County legislator. I represent District 6, um, which is the towns of Senate and Owasco okay. over in my area. I live <clears throat> in Owasco. I was born and raised in Auburn. Um, I was the fourth of five children. So I have um, a keen sense of um, injustice, I guess. <laughs> so, and I can be persistent. Uh, so I, I come with those qualities just by birth. Um, I love it. And, uh, you know, uh, my father was heavily involved in my community, um, always involved with um, elections and campaigns. And um, my father was elected official in Auburn for 16 years. My mother uh, is an immigrant from Ireland, from rural Ireland. So... 
uh, I sort of I've, I've learned a lot from my parents growing up. Yeah. Um, I'm a wife, a mother. I have two boys that are eight and ten, um, and I'm also a teacher. So I um, I'm a special education teacher as well as an elementary education teacher, and currently I'm a substitute teacher while I am being a legislator. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So it's I've. Uh, so I was born in Auburn, and I, I actually taught my first year in Auburn, um, and then I moved away to Albany and taught at Shenandoah schools there, then moved to the Rochester area. I taught in the Victor School District, and then I returned home after my children were born. They were two and four, and we thought we needed to be closer to our family and, mm. and really get back into the community. Mm-hmm. We were also excited about revitalizing our community, so when we moved back, uh, we knew we'd have to play a role in that revitalization. And for me, um, I felt that the best suited role was the role that I'm playing right now, which is uh, representing my towns and also just trying to make my community better and our county moving forward. So, Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And helping move that needle when it comes to gender parity in absolutely. elected office. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love it. So a lot of people don't know this, but... Um, Public administration is actually my background. Nice. Um, so you are a woman after my own heart, right? Um, doing very much a lot of the same things I am, balancing the busyness of this role that you play uh, out in the world, but also you know putting family first and really taking care of them. So I loved listening to you tell stories about your boys when we were <laughs> we were hanging out at Cafe Nineteen prior to <laughs> heading over here. So here's what I would love to know. I think it's so fascinating all the different backgrounds that come to the table when it comes to public service. So talk a little bit about what your teaching skills and passion brings to the table. Well, you know, I have, um, you know, a high frustration tolerance, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I'm I'm okay with a certain level of chaos and a certain level of um, being flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's just like, in the classroom, I would come in and the day would be planned um, and I would be ready. And it often didn't end up, you know, the way it was supposed to. Right. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, that's something that I, you know, I'm okay with. And, you know, charting a course is one thing and following through is, is another. But then there's so many factors that come into play and you just have to be able to bend and, and roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, also just... As, as a teacher, um, one of the, the most rewarding things I was able to do was advocate for kids and get them what they need. And I feel like that, uh, you know, really helped me build these great skills that I'm able to use currently as I advocate for the people of Kiwi County and the residents and the taxpayers to, to get them what they need in terms of services, but also um, not uh, provide any hardships for them. Mm-hmm. in terms of um, taxes. so Yeah, yeah, that's definitely an important aspect yeah, of your role. So tell us a little bit about some of your passion projects while you've been in office. Well, you know, as, as I entered my office, it was in January of 2016, and it was before the water quality issues were coming to light. Um, in Owasco Lake mm-hmm. when we had the harmful algal bloom outbreak. And I immediately was um, assigned those water quality committees. Um, so I was starting to learn a lot about what it was going on. And I was, you know, I, 
I mean, I, I knew our water came from Wasco Lake, but I didn't right. know all of the intricacies of how that water comes out of your tap, you know. Right. So I had been learning about all of that. And then when finally, um, in the early um, fall or late summer of 16, we were, um, Auburn Water, or the water of Wasco Lake, was the first municipality in New York State to have toxins in our treated drinking water. Mm. So we were facing a crisis. Right. And um, being a part of that whole scenario and try and moving that forward and moving all of our efforts forward on that has been really educational, very re- rewarding also. And, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's a situation that's affecting many water bodies, especially in, in, the, in the world, but across New York State. And, you know, Skinny Atlas is, um, had, have been affected also by the toxins in the drinking water for the city of Syracuse. And they are adopting a lot of the um, actions that we did in Cuga County and are trying to model after us. So oh, it's, that's great. It's very, it's very interesting. And, um, and we're also banding together, mm-hmm. so trying to, to, to um, you know, set the stage for, for success with um, keeping our water as clean as we can. So yeah and yeah. such a serious issue yes yeah yeah but it is great when municipalities can work together when you can learn from one another share best practices right it's so fantastic yeah um <clears throat> having worked in that arena for a number of years i'm all too familiar with all the circumstances that can keep us from doing that right yeah when it can happen it's really incredible right so exactly yeah I, you know one thing that always stood out to me I want to say it was the, it might have been like the 2010 census or something, where it was reported that of all of the upstate New York cities, Auburn was the only one that had like a thriving, growing middle demographic of like age 30 to 50. Mm -hmm. You know, what we were seeing in a lot of the other cities is like, under 18, over 65, so you had a young population, you had an aging population. We know the challenges that, you know, come along with both of those. Um, but typically families, by far and large, were moving out to suburban areas, and so the cities weren't necessarily populated. Right. Um, but even the numbers themselves were higher in Auburn than elsewhere. And so I'm always curious about that because while I agree that, you know, the water issue obviously was a really serious one, there are plenty of people who also took very seriously a lot of the revitalization efforts that have gone on in Auburn over the last decade and continue to go on. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. I mean, I... Our Cuyahoga County, we, um, I think it was 2015 before I got on the ledger, actually it may have been prior to that, um, we created a one-stop shop for Cuga Economic Development. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we, you know, that they were progressive enough in understanding that, you know, we want to attract businesses and retain businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the reasons I ran was to attract families or retain families. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... It's, you know, moving back to my hometown because I was gone for 12 years, I actually did, wasn't sure I would be able to move back. I wasn't be sure that, I mean, I may be able to find a job. I wasn't sure my husband would be able to work close enough um, and not have to, to travel all the way to Rochester. Right. Um, he does travel to Syracuse for work, uh, which is totally 
comfortable and right. And, and I think most people what does do, he do that. Again? Uh, he does uh, corporate relations at okay. SU. Okay. So, um, so that he's just going to SU every day, and that's you know, it's an it's less than an hour, um, and it's it's a comfortable commute. But, um, you know, I wasn't sure though that we would move back, and I always I just love. You know, everyone loves their hometown, right. but we have such a beautiful area. And I had been in other parts of the state, and we'd always said, you know, there's nothing like the Finger Lakes area. There's nothing like Owasco Lake and, yeah. and the surrounding towns. And um, so we were always drawn back. And it, and it soon became inevitable when our kids were growing. We wanted them to grow here. Um, and I think, you know, I'm hopeful that a lot of folks who move away like for colleges or at the beginning their their careers that they are coming back um you know and then and it and we can tell they are i mean they definitely are because we see the surge of businesses that have opened up in auburn and yeah. um you know and the, especially in our downtown has been totally it's been an amazing upswing um the arts have done they're also booming Absolutely. in downtown in the area so you know i i hope that you know all of this attention continues to get to get the attention of people who have moved away and are considering coming back or people who are just new to to what this finger lakes has to offer what auburn has to offer and this cuga county has to offer and are just going to come back and enjoy that um but it has taken an investment in people's time and creativity and innovation. And so I'm hopeful that we've become a place to foster that and mm. to keep it thriving. So, And I'm happy to be a part of this culture that's doing this here in the Finger Lakes region and in Cuga County. So I can imagine. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, off the top of my head, I mean, there's a number of projects that I could think of. One of them is the the big cafe that will be opening up with Auburn Public Theater. Yes. What are some of the other things coming That's up? It's amazing. Oh, you know, for the city of Auburn, I'm not, you know, I don't know, I'm not privy to everything, but I know the Nolan's Block downtown mm-hmm. um, that's being revitalized by former Q County legislator, Grant Kyle, okay. with his company. Um, and, you know, they put the play space in there, which is amazing. Yes. Um, which I was really pleased that they did that because I had come from the Rochester area. They had, there was one of those types of places in every little town. Right. Um, so when I moved back here, I was, you know, I was like, we need more for kids. You know, we need yeah. more for growing families. Um, and I'm just so pleased that that seems to be thriving. But that entire block, um, I believe, is all rented out. So it will, I know That's a coffee great. house is going in there, too. Um, but other than that, I'm not exactly sure about all the businesses, but it's it's completely rented. Um, and, you know, they just um, created that boardwalk that's down on that area. It's like behind the Nolan's building on the Wasco River. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, I think that they're intending to put Farmer's Market in there during the summer months. So, okay. I mean, just, just sort of, you know, it's just come alive. So. Yeah. I think, yeah. and, but there's many other projects. I'm, you know, I'm sure that, you know, the city and the city council, they, they really understand and uh, have yeah. agreed to have have in there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, overall, I just, you can see everything is seems to be blooming right now. So absolutely. Yeah. Last fall, I was walking around with my son because we commonly go to play space in the afternoon nice. and then you know Mesa for dinner and do mm-hmm. our grocery shopping at Wegmans. And um, we were walking around, and there was music playing over in that little park. Um, 
right by Moro's table. Oh yeah, Market Street water. Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> of course, Jack was really excited because he wanted to walk over and see the fire trucks and. They were so nice. They just let us come in and go oh, yeah. check out the trucks, and they took them on a tour. And there was just so much magic in the air, and that's what I love. Like everyone was just happy to be outside, happy to be connecting, lots of conversations, and you could see that whole entire block is just oh yeah transforming before everyone's eyes. So yeah, it's, it's great. Exciting. It's a good. It's a good time. I know when we first came back, um, you know, it hadn't it hadn't been growing like the way it has been. So. My boys even comment on, you know, how how like alive it is down there. And we were in that little shop regenerations mm-hmm. recently and we walked outside and my son's like, Let's go for a walk in the city, you know. So and I thought cute. that was so cool because yeah. I was like, This is you know, Auburn and when I was growing up, it was nothing. There was nothing happening downtown. And I grew up only a couple blocks from downtown. So Yeah. You know, it wasn't really a place to say I want to go walk around this right this looks exciting so right. that's really cool when I was in public accounting I spent about um five years on the team that did the independent audit for city of Auburn okay. so I spent a lot of time in council chambers oh, wow <laughs> um, but I I mean even back then which is not that long ago um it, it was not an area that you know, was attractive to walk around or to try to find a coffee shop or someplace Absolutely. to eat. It was like, you yes. know, you know, run to Parker's and get some food and head back That's or run right. to Wegmans. Um, but even that new New York State um, Equal Rights Heritage Center is absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous. And the staff there is amazing That's and right. so welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Awesome. So I have a new question for 2019, and I'm going to be asking this on every show because it's something that I have fallen in love with. Last fall, I went to uh, Brooklyn, uh, File Hall Law School, and had an incredible workshop with an amazing mentor of mine, Jennifer Kem. And she had a speaker there, um, Jonathan Shigai, who was sharing information on behalf of his mentor, who is Dr. John Demartini. He wrote a book called The Values Factor. And The work that I did as a result of that conference, that workshop, has just transformed the way I'm experiencing my life. So Mm -hmm. when I think about it, it's, you know, I I often talk about making the transition from really thinking about living out the length of your life, like we're concerned about how fast we're going and when we're going to get here, there, and everywhere, but can we really live out the width and the depth Mm -hmm. of our lives? And so his title gives a lot away. The values factor. So the question that I have for you is when you think about yourself wearing all of the hats that you do as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a citizen in your community, as a legislator, what are some of the deepest values that guide your work? Not to put you on the spot. No, no. It's, it's interesting <laughs> that you say that. Um, and, you know, it's some, I, you know, I wasn't really shy about this when I was running for office, but when my second son was born, I had a cancer diagnosis. Oh, wow. I also live with a chronic illness. So when I moved back and wanted to become more involved, and when I decided to run for office, one of the things that excited me was um, pursuing office was something I thought I would do as a retired person. But when you're faced with a diagnosis, you know, your world becomes very mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize every day is a gift. Mm-hmm. Every interaction with other people is a gift. And, um, you know, that has really guided me since 
that. So for the for the past eight years, and then um, for the past six with a chronic illness, um, you know, it's really shown me how to look for the values and how to go deep and and um, and really explore. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, you know, what is it that you're doing with your time every day? Because mm-hmm. your time is your most valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my interaction with my kids and my family is also, I mean, of the utmost importance. So, you know, I, I, am, I feel really it was a gift to go through this because, you know, a lot of times if I hear somebody complaining or, and I remind them, you know, this is, you, look what you have, you know, you look what you have in front of you, look what you have to, you, have to look forward to um, how could you make this interaction more positive mm-hmm. how do you want your day to end up how do you want to feel when you go to sleep at night mm-hmm. you know and how do you want to wake up the next day and mm-hmm. um, you know that guides me daily mm-hmm. um, and I'm you know I'm very very well reminded daily that I have you know um, struggles um, and it's important to show for me um, my my children a strong mom yeah it's important for me to show my community a strong woman mm-hmm. and uh, a woman who even though uh has obstacles that i can persevere mm-hmm. um and you know so i'm really guided by by those values you know mm-hmm. that's that's that you know i have these um you know i have like i'm very fortunate I'm very fortunate to be uh, serving the role I'm serving for my community, and um, I have time and energy and uh, to play with my my kids and to right. to enjoy them, to advocate for them, um, and to be with my family. And um, that was one of the things that excited me when I first met you was that you called yourself a mom mom entrepreneur. <laughs> so uh, because I feel like we very much connect, like that's you feel like that's. That's your thing. That's yeah. the most important thing is being a mom. And that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So I, you know, and then taking on the office, I wanted to show my community, like, please join me. You know, we need more people of more uh, varied backgrounds to please get involved in. Mm-hmm. And that you can do this. You mm-hmm. may be home with your kids or you may be home. You may be facing all these obstacles. But if there's something you want to do, whether it's running for office or, or pursuing a different career or going back to school, you can do all that in spite of it. You really, you know, you really can. Right. And, but, but, you know, it's this daily, um, you know, understanding that every day is a gift and, and you like live your best life every day. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. So. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. You know, I think about it and what, what you said, you know, time, time is our greatest asset. Um, so often in this life, I feel like, we're focused on what what's going to make the most money, what's going to be yes. the most lucrative endeavor. And, you know, clearly being in public service and your salaries are, you know, public mm-hmm. information. I know that's not what you're there for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. You have a lovely stipend, but that's what it is. Um, but I love I love this idea of really getting clear on how how do you spend your time, right? Because a lot of people think that their values are X, Y, and Z, but then if they take a look at where their time is allocated, it's not represented. And that's where we can really begin to feel really misaligned in our lives. Right. And I truly believe that's what happened to me, uh, you know, about four years ago when I decided to leave 
full-time work in finance and just, you know, strike out on my own. It was the reality. Like, if I didn't pursue my dreams, I was just going to be fulfilling somebody else's, right? Right. And, And when I said, you know, family was a value, but I saw my family, you know, a handful of times a year mm. where now we see my mom once a week and nice. you know jack and i spend our days together um it's 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 a very different world when you can really begin to see like okay how am how am i investing my time that's right and if your value is creating change if your value is uh making a difference if your value is being with your family like mm-hmm. look at those hours and are they invested there right, right? and it's not a judgment it's no. really that internal self-check so that we can go, you know, okay, is our life really working out the way we want it to? Right. 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 I like when you, when you were talking about how those things guide you because I often talk about this concept of having an internal GPS. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I really had to work on over the last few years. Right. But, you know, we get, we get raised in a culture that has, you know, pretty normalized beliefs around what success looks like. You know, Absolutely. you go to school, you get the job, you, you know, start a family, you get the raises, you do the things, right? It's like they all go in this progression. And um, I had figured out at a, you know, much younger age that I didn't necessarily fit that mold, but I kept trying to. Yes, and... I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way that that was for me too. Yeah, even uh, just you don't have to be overcoming some huge obstacle or whatever. But even lately, like on your iPhone, it'll tell you what your screen time was. That's an eye opener for me even. And I'm like, whoa, I have to make some changes because there's no reason to be doing this, you know, like this much. And what are you missing out on? Mm -hmm. So that's like a little small reminder to me that I'm like, wow, that's but it was eye opening when I first got that alert. And I was like, okay. Let's make some changes. And since then, I've been making those changes and reminding people around me that, you know, because I think we all get consumed. Yes. You know, and we think more and more and more. And you need to have, you need to be on all levels of social media at all times and document every move. And you don't. You right. really don't have to. So. Right. You can get intentional and yeah, focus. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, and share, that and is, share what you really need to share. Being intentional has been, that's been my mantra for 19 so far is uh, being intentional about your news mm-hmm. and about how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. That's, those are my, my big deals. That's fantastic. This year. Yes. I just got an idea, which we can talk about after, but I think we should do a challenge about screen time. Oh, nice. Something to think about. That's great. So, well, thank you so much. So yeah. I'm going to ask you one more question, okay. and then we're going to go on to our next interview. But um, my favorite question, which is, as your journey unfolds, what do you see your legacy to be? You know, and I guess it kind of goes back to what I was, you know, talking about with my values. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I people, a lot of times they, they think about their legacy as like, you know, they've lived this sort of amazing life and what's at the very end. And, you know, I try not, I don't, I feel like I don't live that way. I don't know if I just don't have... I don't feel as though I have the luxury to do that or I've just learned to not live that way and not wait till the very end to leave something. So, you know, it's just about being a role model. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be a, a great role model for my kids. I want to be a great role model for women, younger women to get involved. And, you know, I just want to be engaged in my community. And I just want, you know, I want more people to join the party and 
be engaged and by party I don't mean political party I just mean the party of uh, being engaged, being engaged and, and enjoying each other enjoying what your community has to offer um, you know and in, in, in teaching other people that you know being present you know mm. I don't want others to wait till they are faced with some kind of diagnosis or anything it's just you know it's important to live your best life daily to be present um, and, and uh, get your priorities straight yeah. and understand you know how you want this this day to go this week to go this month to go um so just you know um i guess you know but when when you say legacy and i think of my kids mm -hmm. and i think about all the decisions i'm making for my county and my my community i think i they all should have long-term outcomes that guides my decision making i'm always thinking long term um so that's in that way i i think of legacy too in that way like uh just trying to make good decisions for mm -hmm. the people who live in this community, but also then for my kids so they can think about their mom as somebody who persevered and somebody who who um, overcame obstacles and wants to continue, you know, yeah. being present for their lives, but also um, advocating for my community. So. I love it. And the one thing I think we often forget as parents and especially as mothers <clears throat> as our children are also our legacies too, yes. right? It's like when yeah. you know that you've invested so much time in being the person uh, that you want them to see, right? then we can only hope that they carry that on with them Absolutely. long after we've left this planet. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, we're going to turn over to another incredible guest. Um, we have through interview, uh, Michael Campo, and you'll learn the story about how we connected very shortly, but he's an independent filmmaker, and he's also the founder of a series of live videos called I Choose. So if you want to follow him, you can go to Facebook, go to his I Choose page, and check him out. But without further ado, we're going to turn it over to this interview with Michael Campo. All right, everybody, we are here today with Michael Campo, and I'm so excited to introduce him to all of you. He is an independent filmmaker, and I connected with him most recently through an incredible live video series that he's doing on a Facebook page called I Choose, and it's the I Choose series, which I'll have him tell you more about that in just a moment. But Michael, I just want to say thank you so much for popping on. I am excited to be part of your fan base and sharing the word about the incredible work that you're out doing in the world. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Melissa. I am psyched to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, do us a favor. Tell us a little bit about, you know, I, sometimes I will literally say who you be right? Because we get really caught up in this world talking about what we do for work and what our titles are. In fact, I believe uh, last week, that's what you were talking about on one of your live, one of your live streams. Um, and so I want to know, like, who is Michael Campo, right? Tell me more about you. Who is Michael Campo? I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a journey, you know, and if it wasn't a journey, then I wouldn't be growing. So, you know, who I was yesterday and who I am today, I, um, I hope that each day I have an opportunity to improve and, um, and really grow into and become the person that I believe uh, God has created me to be. So 
it's difficult for me to answer that question because, you know, I would say first and foremost that I'm a husband. Um, I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a son. Um, I'm a friend. And, um, and, you know, within all of that, I've been blessed and have the opportunity to use my gifts, skills, and talents to make some movies too. So I'm a filmmaker as well. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm on, I'm on a journey. You caught me at a really interesting time because there's a lot going on in my life and I'm very, very, I'm filled with so much gratitude, um, for everything that's happening. But at the same time, I'm still, I'm still on the journey figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's fun because should we revisit this conversation a year from now, I know you'll be in a very different place, right? As all Absolutely. these things begin to evolve and come together. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. So, and you said your kids are six, five, and three? That's correct. I got three kids. I got a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. Okay. And your wife is Susanna. Yep. And she's yeah. awesome because she puts yeah. up with me and she's a great mom and a great wife. <laughs> I love it. I love it. As I mentioned to you before, we connected over this topic of uh, homeschooling. So I can't wait to reach out and just learn a little bit more about her too. So, you know, so here's, here's another question I have for you. Um, you know, I know I can tell through some of the work that you've shared that there is a lot of passion behind what you do and the mm -hmm. stories that you bring to the table. If you had to give, like, if you had to capture the essence of what drives you when it comes to some of the documentaries you've done and this I Choose series that you're doing, you know, how, how would you wrap that all up? Well, you know, Melissa, it's interesting because um, as, I, as I just mentioned, as far as being on the journey, um, I think that it's constantly changing. But I think that um, for me, you know, what's, what's grounded me from time to time comes down to my, my faith and my spirituality. You know, I believe that like, I believe that we all have a purpose and I believe that part of our journey is figuring out what that purpose is. And for me, as I agree, as I gain a, a greater understanding of my own personal purpose, I become more confident in that understanding and knowing who I am and, and what I'm about and what, what I'm, what I'm to be doing, you know, and my, my goals um, through all of the work that I'm a part of, whether it's client based, my own personal projects, my feature films that I'm hired to work on by other people or my own projects that I've, um, that I've written or directed or produced. Uh, it's about bringing, it's about bringing people to the light. You know, I feel like we live in a world where, um, where there's a lot of darkness and, and that's easy. You know, there's a lot of darkness and it's easy to see that. But I feel that if people could have a better understanding of their role in this world, you know, if they can understand that, you know, we're all part of a symphony that we really just need to play our note, <laughs> you know, to make that symphony beautiful. True story. Um, I, I believe that, you know, that the world can change, can be a better place. And, um, and I'm grateful to, to have a small part in doing that through the work that I, that I do. I love it. Yes, we are all part of that process, right? So yeah. I, that's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, sometimes I feel like the work that I'm here to do on this planet is often, I, I compare it to conducting an orchestra, 
right? Now, obviously, I know that, you know, God and, you know, our higher power, whatever someone who's listening believes in, you know, that that may be the conductor in the grand scheme of the worlds, but in our lives, right? Like, I think the tagline that really drew me into your I Choose series is that we are the lead in our own life story. Um, but if we could realize that, you know, we each are here with our own gifts, and if we could just live out those gifts with as much um, passion as possible, then we're doing our part, right? Like that's, yeah, that's the piece that makes it so incredible. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, when I – look, the I Choose idea came to me like three or four years ago. And it's, it came to what it is. Cause I think that there will be people who want to go like the page and go follow your series. Sure. So, um, so basically what the I choose is, um, it's, it's a brand, you know, we're building a brand around this idea of reminding people that they're the lead in their life story, that no matter what our circumstances are, you know, each one of us is always one choice away from bettering our life and changing things forever. And we may not always understand that. We may not always feel like that. But the reality is, is that no matter what it is that we're going through, understanding that like our life, you know, I'm a writer first. So take the lead in your life story is like when you're writing dialogue, when you're writing a lead character in a, in a film or in a, you know, in a show, you, this character has to make active decisions. Um, otherwise this character is boring. Mm. And so, I think as human beings, you know, working in, in documentaries for as long as I have, um, seeing people who have made active decisions is what we can kind of rally behind, you know? Yeah. So I think that the idea was to really just create content that could inspire people. And I thought one of, one of the cool ways to do that would be to create, you know, cinematic professional short films about an individual who has overcome uh, triumphantly overcome a challenge in their life and then end with the hashtag I choose and then whatever the theme is for that particular short film. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I said, man, how cool would it be to like, so the first one we did was I choose hope. And it was about Eddie um, who was addicted to painkillers, then turned to heroin, uh, lived a very, very tough life in that jail, homeless, the whole nine. Um, but now Eddie is married, has his own business, just bought a house and is expecting baby number two. And his short film, you know, ends with the hashtag, I choose hope. Because for Eddie, it was, it was hope that got him to where he is today. It's hope that gets him, you know, that sustains him today. Um, and so, you know, the idea was, was like, wow, man, like, what if we could create these short films, share them with people and inspire them and, and put them out there just on the internet via social and then the idea was like, well, what if we could create products around that and then we could actually make a difference? So, you know, if you buy an I Choose Hope product from us, we donate a percentage of those sales to non-for-profits that are working with people who have substance abuse issues. You know, um, eventually we'll do an I Choose Life, which will most likely be about suicide prevention. And, you know, if you are interested in that and that's something that's important to you, um, you know, you can you can rest easy and know that like a percentage of your purchase will then go to suicide prevention courses. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that as a business and as a filmmaker and as a brand, what it is that we're building, I think there's just so much potential to do good in this way 
and actively like through the films, through putting out cinematic films, we can share this light, you know, and remind people what's going on and people who are suffering can just have, you know, they can watch something on their lunch break and feel, you know what, it's going to be okay today. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, for people who are interested in kind of like going to the next step and having, you know, wearing that branded shirt or whatever it is, you know, they're making a statement, you know, I choose as a statement that it's like, no, I'm not going to be what the world tells me I am. Mm. I'm going to be who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody, nobody can tell me differently. It doesn't matter. You know, we've all got, we've all got skeletons in the closet. We've all got drama. We're all, uh, you know, good some days and sh- terrible the other days. I don't know if I <laughs> swear, um, but that's the reality, right? Yeah. And so the whole point of this was to remind people that like, yo, you are not a product of this world. You know, you are better than that. And by wearing an I choose product or by sharing the films, by being a part of it, it's an opportunity to make a statement and say, you know, I'm in control of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think it's such a powerful message. Less than, you know, three years ago, I connected up with a woman by the name of Maria Volovic, and she's been on a, on a previous podcast. Uh, I still work closely with her now through another um, avenue. I'm working with her through um, Jennifer Kem, who's another thought leader out there in the industry. But anyways, my point is, we did some work with this group around really getting good at slowing our lives down enough to notice the space before the choice. Mm. Because that's part of why so many people feel they don't have choices. Like we're acting out of fear or we're we're acting out of like, you know, fulfilling baseline needs, like, you know, housing, security, all that kind of stuff. And so we don't slow it down enough to notice that there actually is a choice. Every single action that we take has a choice. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so we have to get conscious about that and then, and then be intentional about it. So, and I think that's why, you know, Eddie's story is so powerful. Right. Um, And, you know, I, I can think about some really terrible times in my life where I had some hard choices to make and, and I, and I noticed that space before the choice and, you know, I, I chose joy and I chose freedom and, yeah. um, you know, there were plenty of times where the story was overcoming obstacles and, you know, and turning challenges into triumphs and all of that kind of thing. And so I think, you know, anybody out there listening, if you go to the I choose page on Facebook and go follow, you're going to love what you find. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm just grateful that you're out there doing it. So here's my question to you. As this, now I know you're on a journey and I know this will be an ever evolving answer. What <laughs> I love to track is literally, you know, how these things change over time. Cause I think it's the most beautiful thing. I love watching human beings like grow and grow into the best version of themselves. So where you are right now, what do you see your legacy becoming? Hmm. You know, um, it's an interesting question because I think about it often, uh, as a dad, um, as a husband, uh, I made the choice a long time ago, uh, when I've been 
given opportunities or, or um, faced with opportunities uh, to make choices of my own career paths. Some of them would have been, you know, definitely uh, more financially <laughs> sound choices. Um, but I have to tell you, Melissa, when I, when I had those or when I was confronted with those, I really had to ask myself, you know, the question of legacy. What is it that I want to be? You know, when I, you know, life is short. You know, if you think about the average life of a human being compared to the life of like the world as we know it, right. um, we are a blip on the timeline, on the spectrum, you know, and, um, you know, you talk, you spoke before about feelings and I feel like we're at a very interesting place right now because I see a lot of people and society, um, who live their life by feelings. And I think that what separates us from, you know, the animals is the fact that we have feelings and we have intelligence. And like you said, um, you know, you can choose to be happy mm -hmm. in misery. You can choose to be happy. It's an active decision. You know, people say, Oh, I fall in love. And, uh, and, and if love is just an emotion, well, guess what? Emotions change <laughs> and they go up and down. And so, you know, in my experience, uh, love is not just a feeling, you know, it's a choice mm -hmm. because when I wake up every morning, like, you know, that's not difficult for me because I, I love my wife, but it's still a choice. Right. You know, yeah, and, um, and I feel like we live in a world today where, uh, where people are not recognizing that it's just about how, how we all feel. And I think that that's, that could be a mistake in some way, you know, Hey, you say hi really quick. Yeah, hi again. All right. Are you going to go with Carson and go grab some more Play-Doh? I want Okay, it's out in the kitchen. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's so interesting that you're talking about this. I was just having this conversation earlier today. Um, there's a great book out there that I read um, called Love 2.0. Mm. And, and even the science behind love suggests that love is a choice. Love is a choice every single day. In every moment, we can choose love. In fact, you know, I, I, will, I will take this on, a, on another... Um, on another call, but I wrote down this quote that said, you know, if you're not making love with strangers, you're probably not making money either. Mm. And what's behind that is this idea that we create love in all of the connections that we have in the world, right? Yeah. We create love in conversations, we create love in our partnerships, we create love with our children, our spouses, our, like everyone, we choose to do that. And so we actually have the ability to choose to love those we struggle with. So we can yeah. choose to love, um, you know, that family member that, that hurt us so badly when we were young. We can choose to love, you know, that um, teacher that challenged us so much that they, you know, they really wore us down. Um, you can choose love in all situations. So, yeah. And, you know, Melissa, I'm going to throw in there, you can also choose not to. Yes. And yeah. that's important too, because we're talking about choice and I feel that the whole, the whole point of this, I choose thing is empowerment. Yeah. It's not, I answers. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I choose, yeah. you know, and for some people, um, you know, it can go either way. Yeah. You know, and the choice that that person needs to make, 
um, hopefully is made in love, even if it's to choose not to love, because yeah. we have the right to protect ourselves. Um, we have the right to choose ourselves. Um, and that's something that's very, very important. But again, that comes down to this intellectual decision that we need to, that we need to struggle with or make um, over the feeling. And if, you know, if anything, you know, one thing I've learned about love, I think the definition of love is very simple. It, it's, it's just one word, it's sacrifice. Mm. That's what love is, mm. you know? And, um, you know, going back to answering your question about legacy, like I want my legacy to be, you know, bringing as many people as I can to the light as possible, you know, through my work. And, you know, as long as I can uh, take care of my family and do that, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I believe I'm here to do. You yeah. Know? And it's challenging for me too. That's the choice that I have to make, you know, because like I said, you are faced with opportunities from time to time. And, you know, there's times where I've had to turn certain things down because it wasn't, it wasn't part of that plan. Yeah. Well, I have to say, thank you for choosing the work that you're doing. Thank you for choosing to do it right now. <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to, to connect. And, you know, for everyone out there, uh, Melissa was episode seven, right? Yes. On the yeah, iTunes. So if you go to the iTunes Facebook page, the at iTunes series Facebook page, you can see uh, Melissa and I talking as well for, for about an hour. Yeah. About a variety of awesomeness. <laughs> yes, yes. And also from our local area, um, Seneca County investigator Chris Felice. So you can go check that episode out. That's episode eight, right? Yeah, Chris was incredible. Yeah. So, Great. you know, go to Facebook, find the iTunes page, like it, follow it stay up to date and I guarantee we're going to be back here within a year having this conversation with Michael and it's going to be an entirely different place. So thanks <laughs> for sharing the journey with us and being part of it. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Absolutely. Have a great night, Michael. You too. All right. There you go. There is my new friend and colleague, Michael Campo. So, <clears throat> Aileen is still here in studio with us, and one of the things that we've been chatting about is uh, the news that we choose. So when I think about the work that Michael is putting out into the world, whether it's his live series or it's his documentaries, I, I think about how conscious we all have to be if we want to protect and guard our own energy about the things that we take in. If we're simply you know, consuming whatever mass media is putting out there for us, then we're gonna get whatever it is they want us to hear. If we're choosing the title we wanna read and the information we wanna take in, then we can sort of craft our own experience. And it's not to say that we're being uh, you know, that we're living an illusion, but it's really all about having the greatest energy that we can have to do the work that we're meant to do while we're here on this planet. And for me, what I was sharing with Aileen is the idea that I try to take in just enough of the current events going on out there in the world so that I'm informed and I'm connected to the humanity of it, but I'm not overwhelmed and shut down by the emotion of it. Um, so I can continue to take action and move forward one step at a time. And part of why I decided to do this podcast was really that feeling of being overwhelmed by all of the negative uh, 
news and information that was constantly um, in front of my eyes. And I don't even, at the time, I didn't even have a TV at my house, mm. but it was being out in the community and, you know, going into a restaurant where there's six TVs on the wall mm-hmm. or, you know, something that a friend was sharing. It was just, you know, we're bombarded by media every single day. And so I wanted the opportunity to bring forth some of the amazing work that I see out in the world and some of the incredible messages that I see being shared. And so it starts right here. You know, one one choice at a time about what it is you're going to listen to, what it is you're going to take in, and how you're going to guard and protect that energy so you can continue doing the amazing work that you were put on this planet to do. So I actually wanted to come back to Aileen and ask her... I love to wrap up with, uh, oh, actually, first, out and about in the community. So one more time, the Women March in Seneca Falls this weekend. So the 19th, begin at 10 a.m. And it's um, starting with a beautiful lineup of speakers from 10 to 11.30. Then we will be marching and we'll wrap up with a mini musical festival from 1 to 3 p.m. over at Trinity Park. So please join us. I think that the message that we're putting out there in the world with this particular march is a strong one, and it's really that we can redefine resistance. It's not necessarily about being out there with our fists up. It's about taking the lead and doing the things that need to be done to bring this world to a better place. So that being said, now ideas and inspiration. So Aileen, Mm -hmm. I had asked right before Michael's interview if you would think about uh, a quote or a lyric or a mentor, something to leave our viewers with for some inspiration this January. Well, you know, I, I have something that I had shared with my students year after year, and I, I constantly, it's something I go back to on a regular basis. It's about change. So change is giving up who you are to become who you could be. Mm. And so that's, it's very difficult. Um, and it's about challenging yourself and, and going the extra mile and, and doing the hard things. And um, it's, it's, very, it's very hard, but it's really worth it. And when you can be proud of yourself at the end of the day, that's, that's what you get out of it. Um, so... You know, and too many times people get stuck in a rut mm-hmm. and or they get comfortable in a career or they get comfortable with their routine at home. And, you know, and it's it's just about constantly widening your margins and and uh, trying new things and and um, things that aren't easy. Yeah. So and it's that's that's what I did. That's what I continue to do on a regular basis. And I feel that that adds so much value to my life. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I constantly see all the time and obviously know this through personal experience, but if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Absolutely. Right? So say it one more time. So change means giving up who you are mm-hmm. to become who you could be. Beautiful. So I love it. All right, so I'm going to share one thing. So for those of you who saw the episode, I am a fan of Mark Hayford. He is an incredible um, DJ, speaker, coach, and... He wrote his second book, 365 Days of Encouraging You to Attack Life. Nice. Shout out, Mark. And January 15th, this is a day by day. Stop trying to fit in with the crowd. You should be scared to death of being just like everyone else. So it completely fits the message that Aileen just shared. So if you're out there and, you know, you're working on those New Year's resolutions or whatever it is that you've set out for in 2019, keep going. And, you know, I'll challenge you to drop the resolutions 
which for most people are temporary, and really begin to dig deep around what your values are and how can you begin to live those out. And if you want a guide, you know, it comes in the form of less than $15 on Amazon.com. The Values Factor by Dr. John Martini is a beautiful guide to help you just discover your own internal GPS so that you can live out the remainder of this year and those beyond by the values that feel most aligned with you. So having said that, thank you, Eileen, for coming to the studio. Thank you for your positive energy and everything that you do that benefits our community. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. It's been a blast. I appreciate it. And we'll look forward to seeing you next month.